Welcome to Let's Talk Seniors. Thanks to Anglican Care with Kylie and Michelle. Anglican Care, we're not only social on the bowling green. Find us on Facebook too. In today's episode, Michelle and I talk about dizziness and vertigo with Natalie Pulsford, who is a specialist musculoskeletal physiotherapist and vestibular physiotherapist at Pulsford Physio. As the only specialist musculoskeletal physiotherapist in the Hunter region, she is highly sought after and I know firsthand that seniors very much value her knowledge as she has been a very popular guest speaker at the seniors information sessions that we often hold. Wow, Michelle, I'm amazed I got through that intro in well, one piece there was a lot of big words you didn't have to tell everyone that Michelle oh, kind of did <laughs> welcome and thanks for joining us today Nat so great to have you um, I'm pleased to be here thank you for inviting me oh, anytime many seniors listening may have experienced dizziness or loss of balance but may not know the difference between symptoms of dizziness versus vertigo how do they differ yeah good question um as you say um both dizziness and vertigo are very common symptoms um, and tend to become more common as we have more birthdays, as we age, um, but they are quite different. So typically we think of dizziness as being a bit more of a general um, sensation such as lightheadedness, faintness or giddiness and is often associated with unsteadiness. Whereas vertigo really is um, describes a sense of motion and it's either sort of self-motion or motion of the environment and it usually has a rotational or spinning component um, and it's often described by people as sort of a feeling like the room is spinning or that their eyes are spinning. Mm, I've heard a uh, few people talk about vertigo. It sounds like a really debilitating, quite horrible feeling to experience. Terribly debilitating and very um, kind of that sense of having no control or no idea of where you are in space. So it's very disorientating. So Nat, what do you consider normal symptoms of dizziness and vertigo and how does a senior know when it's time to visit their GP or a vestibular physiotherapist like yourself? Fleeting symptoms of dizziness or disorientation can be quite common. So, Like when you get up in a rush or... Yeah, if you get up in a hurry from a seated position, sometimes you can feel sort of a little bit faint. Yeah, I've experienced that myself actually. Does, Does low blood pressure come into this? Yeah, that can uh, that can certainly come into that. So that's often, um, or it can be a condition called postural hypotension, which is when you change postures rapidly, you can experience a drop in blood pressure, and that can make you feel a bit faint or mm. or dizzy, like you have to sort of grab onto something for support. Yeah. So you know, if that just happens every now and then, that's probably not necessarily something that needs to be investigated. But if it becomes more common or yeah. regular, then that probably yeah, is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes even, you know, when we sit at a train crossing and the train whizzes by, we can get that feeling of motion that's not motion of us, but motion of our environment. Or even sitting in a 3D movie where sort of images rush towards you and you can feel a sense of falling or movement. Have those you ever sorts done of... um, virtual reality, Nat? Uh, <laughs> that I... can make you bring on those feelings. Yeah. It's, it's quite real. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, yeah, I'm not good with virtual reality. I tend to be a bit of a dizzy yes, person. Me so too. I guess you don't like roller coasters either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind up and down roller coasters. I yep. can't stand the spinning rides because, yeah, that's, that's another kind of yeah. um, situation where we would, we would experience dizziness or vertigo and that can be quite normal. Yeah. But okay. look, I think um, that true spinning that kind of real vertigo sensation that somebody might experience is not really a normal symptom so if they're getting that then that's probably a good idea to see somebody about it can you get Um, vertigo at any age nat or is it 
Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Even children and adolescents can get that and that's mm-hmm. often associated with kind of a migraine problem in that sort of age. But yes, you know, beyond that it can happen at any age, but it is something that tends to become yeah, more likely, more yeah, likely as, we as, we, as we get older. Or as you put it so nicely, as we have more birthdays. As we have more birthdays, that's <laughs> right. That's right. You've spent a lifetime creating a home. It's where you belong. As you age, Anglican Care's home life can help you remain happy and independent in your very own home. Find out how at anglicancare.com.au. And so, Nat, you mentioned it before, but what can cause balance disorders? Hmm, how long have we got, Michelle? Mm, a while. <laughs> Not long. <laughs> Not long. Okay, I'll talk quickly. So there are many causes of vertigo and dizziness, which can make getting a correct diagnosis kind of a long um, and frustrating experience. But... Um, if I can explain quickly about our complex balance system, as this can help us understand why the causes are so many and varied. Mm-hmm. So um, our balance system uses sensory information that comes from our inner ears, which is called our vestibular system, and also from our vision and our proprioceptive system. So they're sensors in our skin, muscles and joints that tell the brain kind of where we are in space. And so from this, the brain is like a computer and it integrates information from those different systems. And that helps us keep upright so that our balance is stable and also so that our vision is stable so that we can move our head and go on changing surfaces without becoming imbalanced or dizzy. So really anything that goes wrong with any one of those systems can create dizziness or vertigo. True vertigo, um, whether it lasts for seconds or minutes or hours or days, is usually a primary sign that something has gone wrong with the inner ear component of that, so the vestibular component of that, particularly when it's related to head movements or head positions. And that's such a delicate area, isn't it, Nat? And is yeah. that like really hard to diagnose, that sort of thing? Look, often um, it's hard to diagnose because we can't really actually see what's going on inside mm, the inner absolutely. ear. Absolutely. But we have certain tests that can be done in the clinic mm-hmm. or even in the lab that help us to be more confident that we've got the diagnosis right. And okay. there are certain conditions that we know lots about and they sort of fit into fairly consistent patterns. And so we can often recognise them by the story that somebody tells us about their experience and when they get their symptoms. Okay. So things that can go wrong with a vestibular system and cause vertigo, that could be from a, um, a viral infection of your inner ear Yeah, because I was just about to ask what brings that on, that yeah. sort of imbalance. Yep. Even migraines that might come with or without the headache component can okay. cause vertigo. A displacement of the crystals inside the inner ear, that's um, probably the most common cause of vertigo and that's called benign paroxysmal positional vertigo or BPPV. Speaking of big words. Speaking of yeah. big words. <laughs> I just thought I didn't want you to be the only one saying big words. <laughs> that was impressive, Matt. <laughs> Even ageing of the vestibular system, um, just as the hair cells become less responsive, can give us those symptoms. And dizziness can come from really impairment of any of those systems. So even if we're getting new glasses, adjusting to our new glasses, because that changes the visual input can be a problem. Um, And often multifocals are a problem. I was just about to bring up multifocals because, yeah, they can cause a real issue when you first have them, can't they? You really kind of, I've tried them, but I've. I couldn't have them. Yeah, and they and for somebody that is dizzy, they're often not the glasses of choice because they can okay. just disrupt that, um, you know, the, the magnification and the focus, which can just mean that the information from our eyes is not as accurate to the brain about our head position and where we are in space. Yeah, yeah. that's really interesting. Um, so that. things like cataracts or macular degeneration can cause dizziness. Um, nerve problems that affect the, so- the sensation to the soles of your feet can cause dizziness and imbalance. There can be benign tumours or other neurological conditions, medications, and 
even psychological conditions such as anxiety. And of course, we did mention the postural hypotension, the drop in blood pressure. So, yes. you know, as we see, you know, and that's not even a full comprehensive list, but wow, that's so just quite a, a few causes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Which so now- does make the diagnosis um, difficult and sometimes a frustrating process, as I mentioned before. And are you, is it a vestibular um, physiotherapist that is making the diagnosis or is, it, is that something a GP is doing? Um, it really depends on the GP. We often see... Um, people coming in that haven't seen their GP and so yeah we are making the diagnoses or trying to put the bits of information together from the story that the person tells us with our physical examination findings to see if we can kind of rule out certain things to say we know it's not that we know it's not that but it still could be this or this or this so sometimes you can't get a precise answer whereas sometimes some conditions are very clean cut and we can say definitely this is what it is and this is how so people can self-refer to your services now or they can come through their GP yeah they can do either so we people don't need to have a um a referral to see a vestibular physiotherapist sometimes it's useful often dizziness is a condition which takes someone to their gp and so if the gp gp often suggests um seeing a vestibular physiotherapist and if you have seen your gp it's helpful to come along with some of your information from the gp so we get an idea about what things they've looked at already and other underlying medical conditions so we can kind of get a full picture of where you're at And so, Nat, is it a good idea to keep a record of your symptoms and what you were doing when they occurred to show your doctor or physiotherapist? Yeah, that's actually super helpful if you can keep a record. Your physio will ask you about your symptoms in detail, you know, what they feel like, are they constant or do they come and go? How long are they there for? Does do certain movements or postures or activity bring on the symptoms consistently? Um, you know, do you have attacks that last for hours and then resolve completely? All this information is really helpful in trying to put together a, a picture of um, yeah, the potential cause. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we, and then following that, you know, the physiotherapist will have an idea in their head what it is or what it definitely isn't. And then that um, contributes to our physical examination and then we can often match the two together. Are you ready to downsize your home? You're done with the endless maintenance and mowing the lawn? With Anglican Care's Retirement Villages, you can relax and live amongst friends carefree. Discover how at anglicancare.com.au. So diarising that seems really critical then because that's something you could easily forget. Definitely, definitely. Um, And I think uh, it just makes the whole process much more um, satisfying for, um, for you as a patient if you've, if you've, you know, got an accurate description when you come in to see somebody, whether that is your doctor or your vestibular Yeah, and with so many different, you know, causes and things like that, I guess the more information that you guys have, the better it yep. results in a yeah, absolutely. easier yep. diagnosis. And that, can you tell us about a typical, should there be a typical senior patient who you treat for dizziness or vertigo and what's involved? Yeah, sure. So as you say, there's probably no typical um, sort of patient because people's symptoms even if they have the same condition can be quite varied but a common thing I do see um, is somebody with the um, tricky word that I mentioned before benign paroxysmal positional vertigo or it's called BPPV and that's a situation where the crystals that are normally meant to reside in part of your inner ear and contribute to your balance system they move from where they should be into part of the inner ear where they shouldn't be. Now this um, typically gives a person brief bursts of spinning vertigo when they change their head position against gravity. So such as rolling onto one side in bed or bending over to put their socks on or reaching up to hang the washing out. They can also get it rising from lying 
into sitting or so it's the sort of situation where you might sit up on the edge of the bed and feel like the world is spinning mm. and you're very imbalanced um, so though it's it's usually true vertigo in the younger patient um, as people do age and have more birthdays sometimes it's not so quite clear cut as that vertigo and they might more experience a symptom of, of dizziness mm. um, is vertigo curable now or can you just manage it and it's ongoing? Well, some like a conditions, sort of thing. yeah. <clears throat> and again, because vertigo can be a symptom of lots of different things, mm. some vertigo is curable. Or with the BPPV that I just spoke about, it, it's treatable, which means when you have an episode, it can be treated by a vestibular physiotherapist. It tends to be a recurrent or it can be a recurrent condition. So it might be we can sort of put that episode into remission, but we can't really say that we can cure you. And that uh, in one of our later podcasts of season two, we're talking to an occupational therapist about falls. Do you find that dizziness and vertigo contribute to older people having falls? Yeah, they do really increase somebody's falls risk. So for that reason, even if you feel like you can handle the symptoms that it's giving you, I think it's still worth getting your, you know, getting your problem assessed because it does really increase your falls risk. Yeah, and which we can know be that, very impactful yeah, on your life. Yeah, and that can have huge consequences such as falling and breaking your hip or, mm. um, you know, and I think the thing about dizziness and vertigo, even if it doesn't lead to a fall, it can really lead to how confident you are to go out for a walk by yourself or how, how much you're able to continue with your normal activities of daily yeah. living or and the things that you love to do. And those life-limiting things no. happening that no. you know, really impact on quality of life. Absolutely. And if you stop going for your walk, that doesn't just, you know, that impacts many of your body Absolutely. systems. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Physical, yeah. mental, all yeah. of those things. And yeah. your comfort circle starts to shrink, doesn't it? You just do less and less. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you don't move your head and then you get a sore neck and then you get headaches and then you don't feel like doing anything. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it can start with a small problem but it can lead into sort of more becoming more and more restricted for your whole you know your whole life so definitely worth coming to visit a professional such as yourself Nat our last question was around um, if people need a referral or not to come and see you which we have answered earlier but just to reiterate that if people are experiencing these symptoms they can come directly to you or they could go through their GP yes absolutely either is uh, either is a good route to come to see us. And so Nat, if people wanted to know more, could they come to your website and and look at some of your resources? Yes, they certainly can. So there's some information on the website, which is www.pulsfordphysio.com.au. And also there's a area there where you could email to get any specific questions answered. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. And for every guest that comes in, we have a little lucky dip, which is all about our ethos (laughs) of our podcast, which is health and wellbeing for seniors. I love it. Thanks, Nat. That was really valuable information too that I know a lot of seniors will connect with. Yeah, well, I hope it has been useful. I'm very passionate about the subject. You are. You're so knowledgeable (laughs) and passionate. I could see it coming out of you as we were talking, that passion. I love it. Oh, here, I'm going to open my lucky dip. What have I got here? Ooh, what is it, Nat? Oh, oh, amazing. I don't know what that is. What is it? This looks like, <laughs> oh, yes, it's like a bum bag. It's for a modern-day version of a bum bag. Yeah, for my phone. Oh, so that I can exercise with my phone. And oh, oh, fabulous. Spot my it. keys. Looks fantastic. I will use that hopefully this afternoon after work. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, wow, that's great.
Thanks, Nat. It was lovely to talk to you. And to you. And we look forward to chatting to Anglican Care's Karen Freeman in our next informative podcast, uh, which is all about dementia-friendly communities. Thanks for coming. How can we make your life easier? Or what would you like to know more about? Click on our podcast link at anglicancare.com.au and let us know. We can't wait to hear from you. 